This is Self-Guided, the podcast for real self-empowerment, where I share the wisdom that I've collected as a feminine embodiment coach. It's everything that's helped me and my clients get off the addictive cycle of finding a flaw within yourself to fix, and instead step into radical self-acceptance. Because honestly, we were never broken. Please enjoy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the second episode of the first season of Self-Guided. Today, we are taking a deeper dive into the ways that we can approach self-development. After this episode, you will have a fuller understanding of why you go on these journeys and have empowering tools and questions to consider before you take your next self-development adventure. So tell me, or rather, you know, think about this. Does your approach to self-development sound anything like this? All I need is to be better at this and, and that and this other thing, and then everything will be fine. Roses and daisies and all. Or, well, so-and-so, they swear by this way. So it's what I need to have or to do or to be like in order to have the same success. Or there's just this, this one more thing, this, this last little thing about myself that if I'm honest, it's a problem. And if I fix that, if I, if I fix that, it's going to be okay. I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be acceptable. Or, and I find this one to be a little bit more of a insidious sort of one. There's a key to this thing that I'm trying to do, and I just haven't found it yet. So it must be out there. Someone has the answer. Let me go look for it and let me do it their way. <laughs> so, whichever sounded more like you, Tell me, how do you feel when you think this? What is the experience of this approach in your body? Seriously, I have had any one of these at different times in my life, sometimes all of them, and I didn't ever think that they were the problem, right? I thought I was what needed to be adjusted. In themselves, these intentions, these approaches are not really problematic. It depends on what your, your experience of them is. And I can't, nor can anyone else ever say to you what your experience of an approach is, whatever that is, when you are the one, the only one experiencing it. So let's do a check-in right now of whatever your approach is, right? Whatever kind of drives you to do this self-development thing. Consider why do you embark on self-development journeys? Pause here. We don't want the politically correct version or the version of your answer that you think is the right one, but rather the reason that you keep deep inside. So pause, check in right now. How does that 
approach feel in your body? How do you experience that approach? Whatever it is. Does your body contract or expand? Do your insights become agitated or release some? Does the air around you feel suffocating or freeing? Anything in between, too. That right there tells you everything about your approach. It especially tells you whether or not your approach to self-development is self-honoring. Because it always answers the underlying question, which is, am I doing this to fix myself or to love every last bit of myself more deeply? Let's put these approaches side by side. I'm putting all of the ones that I mentioned earlier sort of in one bundle for comparison because I don't want to compare every single one of them. But let's look at and feel into these. One approach will have you reaching outside of your grasp forevermore, while the other will bring you more grounded stability. The first, Roach, when I think about it, it has me hesitating with each and every step for fear of losing what little footing I have. The second way has a solid yet soft landing to return to as I play and actually experience life. Again, one is not the best for all humans. Though I'm sure you can tell which way I'm leaning to or do my best to lean towards, I always invite you to find out what works for you. For me, the difference is significant. And it's experienced by the felt sensation of a huge hole in the first approach compared to a deep felt sensation of anchored in the second. So what are the steps? to inch towards a more self-honoring and self-guided approach to self-development? Only three steps, my friends. And here they are. Set your intention to curious, set your playground, and set your habit of self-reflection. Let's go into each of those. Setting your intention to curious is the opposite of looking at your self-development goal, project, desire as a problem, meaning that that thing I am setting a goal of growth for, the way it is now, whatever the facts of it now, is not a problem. I am choosing to lean into growth or development, whatever it may be. Because if I think there's a problem with anything of the way things actually are right now, my brain goes to prove that there is one. So it will look for, sometimes even create evidence, and sometimes it will even take very neutral, boring facts and make unnecessary leaps that will prove that this thing about me or my behavior, whatever, is a problem. Whereas when I ask empowering questions, my brain finds unique opportunities. They might even be right in front of you 
right in front of my own nose right now. But I will not have seen them because my brain was too busy being judgy and looking for that evidence that the way it is now is a problem. And that's not just my brain. That is simply how the brain is wired. By understanding this programming of the brain, I can select the intention of curious to better support me in my journey. Because I'm never going to stop having these journeys. I enjoy being on these journeys. But I'm going to set the intention. This is basically the mindset piece of the entire equation here. So let's say that I want to reconnect with my intuition. I can go about it with all kinds of energy. And what I'd like for you is to consider what energy you actually want fueling this growth. The energy here is also what you might call emotion. So imagine you have a platter of all possible emotions. So let's pick an area of self-development. Let's say you want to stop a behavior or pattern that you take part in um, that you desire to just stop doing. Let's say you want to stop filling your calendar to the rim with work items and start including more fun items. You could totally work on these separately, but let's just put them together for this example. Here are just three different emotions or energy that you could decide to approach this self-development goal with. You could go with determination, which for me would drive me to do the thing, whatever it is, without tapping in, into my body. It's a forcing energy for me. It's um, a weird way to use willpower without saying I'm using willpower. If this sounds good for you, then brilliant, ignore me. But for me, I can see that this energy is in conflict with more important values of mine, the main one being to be self-guided, meaning that even with the goal, I still want one of my many action steps to be to check in with myself and determined won't fuel that for me. You could also go with pressure. This would likely come from a belief that you have to or you must change your habits now to be the best you ever. Sounds familiar, right? We hear that all the time in self-development. The same exercise. What does this emotion or energy of pressure drive you to do and not do in regard to your goal, this growth you want? Pressure fuels me to find the right solution and takes away all room to really experiment. And so I'm likely to freeze up and keep doing what I'm doing because that's a safer option to my brain right now. It's the only thing it knows. Another option is curiosity. From curiosity, I'm going to ask excellent questions. Be open to the answers that I do find. I'm going to go at it one step at a time. I'm going to check in with my body often to see what it's communicating to me. So my top pick is curiosity. But you might decide that it's something else for you. Just be aware 
of what you're choosing to fuel your entire adventure with. I find curiosity keeps me out of judgment, ignites my creativity, and brings me closer to self. That's why I choose it. The next thing I like to do is to set up a playground for myself. So there's this boundary, this buffer that meets where my comfort level is at this time outside of what I'm working on. I don't think I need to stretch every aspect of myself at once because I find that destabilizing. So what I'll do is create my own safety. And that's what I mean by playground. It's like deciding what the rules of engagement are going to be, but they have to take me into account. Setting up the playground allows my body to participate more fully. So my mind doesn't think that it needs to apply survival mechanisms all the time to keep me safe as I play with new things. Which if my mind kept triggering survival mechanisms, that would be limiting the entire exploration. So it's interesting that the mind will put up these limits as protection, but they keep you where you are because it's the only reference that the brain currently has. The reference that it knows is more or less safe and, and the other one it just doesn't know yet. So these protective measures don't actually help you move towards anything different, which is a problem if that is your desire. So if we go back to our calendaring or planning example, setting up the playground might look like deciding where your edges are, where you're willing to stretch and where you aren't, at least not for now. So maybe you decide that for this first week of this new goal, you play with one hour per day in your calendar where you do things differently. In that hour is where you don't fill it up completely and instead play within those edges. When I did something similar to this, I would start that hour with checking in with my body and checking what it might need that exact moment. That means I didn't pick ahead of time what I might do in that hour of play. But I knew I didn't need to be concerned with anything else because the rest of my calendar wasn't at play yet. I was within my safety. I built up my capacity to increase more of what I wanted in my days by doing it safely within my playground. Another word for this step could be boundaries or decisions ahead of time. Whatever you want to call it, consider using this prompt. What does supporting myself with kindness for where I'm at now look like? The possibilities of how to set up your playground are limitless. So you can totally customize these questions to you. Look at it as though you were putting a self-care perimeter around this adventure. I will offer my favorite questions when I do this for myself, but please feel free, as I said, to create your own questions. The questions and the possibilities here are endless. So the questions I like are, where am I willing to be uncomfortable? Where am I not willing to be uncomfortable? What do I have the energy for at this time and season in my life? What values do I want to maintain during this adventure? 
So now that you are set with the fuel of your choice, mine would be curiosity, and that you've set up the playground space for yourself, it's time to add the habit of self-reflection. Actually, I alternate between reflection and contemplation depending on what I'm called to do. But in any case, it's putting in moments where you pause to reflect on said self-development so that you can once again tap into yourself and see what it is communicating to you. What's this powerful body wisdom that's being accumulated through this experience? What's wanting to be expressed? What have you learned? What are you enjoying about the process? What would you like to pivot in your approach? How has your self-concept changed already? And how can you support yourself going forward? Can you tell that that's one of my favorite questions? I like to set these moments of self-reflection during the length of the experiment. This really helps with pivoting and adjusting and checking in to see if it's still for me altogether. Because sometimes you notice partway that you're done or you simply have changed your mind. And that's okay. What I have noticed in myself is a greater capacity to take part in my own life. I still do partake in self-development, but now, now I do it from a place of deep self-honoring. That means that whenever I purposefully stretch in any way, I'm also purposeful in the approach because the approach is what nurtures and nourishes the relationship that I have with myself. And that is the self-trust that I want to build and nourish. That is what I have for you today. If you want to let me know over on the socials how you might want to make this approach yours or how you will apply it to your next self-development journey, I'd love to know. So go find me. I spend my time on Instagram at Dominic Vandal. You can't miss me and I'd love to hear from you. Until next time. If you're new to feminine embodiment or want to know how to better tap into your body's wisdom, I've got just the resource for you. I created the Is This For Me guide to help you find out exactly how your body is speaking to you and letting you know if something is a full body yes or not. You can grab the guide at dominicvandal.com slash links. That's D-O-M-I-N-I-Q-U-E-V-A-N-D-A-L dot com slash links, L-I-N-K-S. That's right, with an S. And guess what? The guide is specifically designed to see if a program, course, or coach is for you. And let's be real, you can use this guide for everything. Thank you so much for spending your precious time with me.